2: This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey,
3: everybody, and welcome to yet another program, Afternoons with Mike Hurd here on the Shepherd Radio Network. On the line with me, a return visit from Craig Huey. Craig is the Creative Direct Marketing Director of of the Creative Direct Marketing Group and the Huey Report. He's an author, a political commentator, an all-around knowledgeable and very nice guy. How about that one, Craig? Is that going to work, right? Hey,
0: Mike, I love that. Thank you. It's good to be (laughs) back with you.
3: Well, it's great to be with you. And I I tell you, man, uh, as we were chatting just before the program began, these are crazy times, aren't they?
0: They are. I mean yeah it's uh, you, you couldn't have a soap opera or a comedy show going on uh, as much as you do. The only pr- problem is Mike it's reality it's actually happening it's, it's hurting lives it's costing money and uh, it's, it, it's internationally it's a dangerous thing domestically it's a dangerous thing uh, for for um, people who are people of faith, it's a dangerous thing. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's
3: crazy. You know, I, I I can't believe it's been two years. It feels like yeah. eight, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. But you know, when we yeah. think about the changes that have happened in our country in just mm-hmm. two years' time, uh, it is shocking. And I know, I feel it. Uh, I watch our financial bottom line, and yeah. boy, is it hurting and uh, you know i think all of our uh, uh, our retirement accounts they've taken a oh. hit big time right
0: yeah oh yeah so you know when we started in january of 2021 when biden took play, uh, office you had a situation where we had a historic economic boom you had people's ra- uh, wages rising you had the stock market rising you had an inflation rate of a low 1.3 percent, and now, now we have an inflation rate that's closer to seven percent officially. And private economists say it's closer to 12 percent or more. Yeah. Every time you go to the store, you're you're paying higher prices, and every, almost every time you're buying something at the store, if if it's in the in a supermarket, you're finding like the box of Cheerios. Is less. You're paying as much or more, but it's the, the 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 box has shrunk. It's called shrinkflation. Your your 401k has has uh, been destroyed. Uh, if you're on a pension and you're uh, and you're living off 401k, uh, it, these are hard times. Yeah,
3: really hard. Uh,
0: and even those on Social Security, li- those listeners on Social Security, there was a raise, but it doesn't catch up with inflation. And, and and so it, it's really tough times, but that's because of bad economic policies. That's because of bad politics that are going on right now in Washington, D.C.
3: And you add to that the shortages that we've had on the store shelves. You yeah. think about all of the fact the supply line issues, those in the car industry, my goodness, only recently in the last couple of weeks have there been any good news uh, apparent uh in in that whole industry and i saw craig i saw this uh report a guy it was like a, a instagram video that a guy did and he was questioning that 7% inflation rate and what he was doing he had uh taken uh, some footage earlier from a trip to to costco and he yeah. was doing a side by side comparison on the prices then versus now and it was a ton more than 7% increase across the board. And I think every person that does any shopping right now will attest that 7% is just a starting place.
0: Mike, you're 100% right. In fact, when I'm giving speeches, often I'll ask, what do you guys think the inflation rate really is? Because the government says it's 7 And I ask them, how many say it's uh, less than seven. Nobody. How many think it's seven percent? A few people raise their hands. How many think it's ten percent? More people raise their hands. How many think it's fifteen? Most of the people raise their hands. Mm-hmm. And when you take a look at the things that you commonly buy, things that you need to buy, it is between fifteen to twenty percent. Yeah. And, right. and it's unsustainable. You cannot survive on that. The pain the suffering, people cutting their vitamin C's into, two, people cutting back. As a small business owner, I see retail sales going down. I see uh, people who are entrepreneurs or uh, small business owners, uh, people with restaurants or whatever it might be. People are cutting back. That's called demand destruction. And they're hurting because less people are buying. And it's, it's, we're headed for a recession, there's no doubt. That, that, it's going to be a huge recession, and then at the same time we have inflation. And Mike, what the official economic term for that is? It's stagflation. Mm. The economy going nowhere, but prices keep rising. And so we've got to turn this around. But uh, the next two years, you know, Biden is very well aware that he can come in and say, "I'm cutting the deficit. I'm cutting inflation." I'm I'm cutting the price of gas. I'm cutting the price of uh, heating oil and and electricity. And I'm 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 doing all these great things. And people know it's not true. People know that the reality of what they're experiencing is different. But here's here's the little known dirty secret that Joe Biden has. He knows that because of this new Republican Congress, because of the House, that he will not be able to get his Overspending uh, uh, passed through 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 the House of Representatives. Major part of why we have this inflation and economic turmoil is because of the overspending.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because of the uh, uh, that overspending is, uh, with the national debt and the net and the deficit that's created because we're spending beyond our means is is devastating. And so he knows that he can't get anything passed through the house. So, Mike, what he's going to do is something that people don't realize what the damage to the economy is going to be, to living is going to be. It's going to be a damage uh, to people who are business owners are going to be hurt. People who are retired are going to be hurt. Students are going to be hurt. So people who, uh, who are Christians are going to be hurt. He's going to impose uh, knowing that whatever he puts into place in the next two years is going to probably never be repealed. It's kind of like Obamacare. They they passed Obamacare. It destroys the private sector of the medical industry. It cuts down on new innovations, new drugs, new, new ability to have personal one-on-one care from your doctor, closes private practices. But you know what, Mike? The fact is what happens then is that it stays forever. You can't get rid of it. And Biden realizes most everything he does now, between now and uh, 2024, is never going to be repealed. And um, the way he's going to do this, and people don't quite understand it, is one of the things that has hurt our economy in the last two years. Is the massive regula- regulations coming out of the government? He's going to sign executive orders that are going to be um, hurting everyone listening. Mm. And 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 there's nothing uh, the Republicans in the House can do about it. There's really nothing the Senate can do about it. And and it, it's. It, it, you know, it's just like he tried to put through this uh, student loan forgiveness program costing every listener billions of dollars. He knew that that was something would never pass Congress, so he simply made an executive order. Well, that's unconstitutional. It's a clear violation of separation of powers written in the Constitution. And hopefully it goes to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court says you can't do it. And it'll be gone. In the meantime, damage was done.
2: Yes. He's going
0: to be doing that. But here's the other thing. Mike, what Biden put in place in the federal bureaucracy are ideologues who want to transform culture, transform our economy, and uh, and do it through the power of the state, through the power of the government. And these – are not bureaucrats trying to do a good job. They're trying to change society. And they're going to, they uh, have already told everyone that in the next two years, there's over uh, over, uh, 5,000 regulations uh, that they are going to impose costing billions of dollars. Mm. And then there's ones we don't even know about that the bureaucracy does. And, and so, it, 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 you know what we're what we what we're going to be seeing is this ideological bureaucracy that uh, imposes these regulations, hurting different parts of the economy. And then we see more uh, 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 higher costs. We're going to see less things on the shelves. We're going to see less people being hired. We're seeing more business going out of business. Um, the regulatory agencies, like the SEC, they're, they're they're imposing thousands of new climate regulations, mm-hmm. including bringing back some things, on um, water, uh, that that are devastating to anybody who's a property owner or trying to build. The labor departments trying to do uh, take away independent contractors, which would would. Hurt many of the listeners listening in, but mm-hmm. they, they're trying to sneak it in through the federal wage law and, and the Department of Health and Human Services uh, with health care and, and the uh, Department of Education forcing uh, a CRT and and in every division, equity and inclusion, which basically is an attack on traditional marriage, on the family and on people of faith. So you're 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 not you haven't even seen anything yet. Wait for these next two years or starting in April, you're going to be seeing a wave of these regulations hitting.
3: Now, when you think about the next two years, those are going to be two years spent with a different majority in the House. And what I'm hearing you say, it doesn't seem like you're optimistic that a real appreciable change is going to happen in the direction of the country in spite of the fact that the Republicans are in the House now. Am I hearing that right?
0: Mike, the fact that the Republicans are in the House, we can all be very thankful, because now it has stopped the legislation from, being, from taking place. The legislative agenda that the radical, pro-socialist, uh, anti-family uh, Democrats mm-hmm. were expecting, have been torpedoed. They won't get it through the House, and then at the same time, um, the the uh, the people in the House are holding um, uh, all kinds of investigations and all types of different types of uh, ways of being able to dig into the corruption that has taken place. And so this is all good, but the next two years they're not going to be able to stop the regulators. And the executive branch and Biden's executive orders,
2: mm, and yeah.
0: you know, the, with the Senate, he's putting through the most radical judges. Um, Mike, uh, there's a, what, what what is called a judicial activist, somebody who legislates from the bench. That that's not in the Constitution, but that's what many judges do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Vers, versus a strict constructionist, more conservative judge. They interpret the Constitution, whether they agree with it or not. A law, they just make sure it's constitutional. Well, Trump put in strict constructionist conservative judges. Biden is putting in radical left judges who want to change our nation. And and unfortunately, the Senate is the key to that because they
2: approve judges,
0: and they're recommending. Uh, The most radical judges, these are in in the telecourts a couple uh, hundred judges have been appointed by Joe Biden.
3: Wow. Now we were talking about debt. I just looked it up, Craig, and in 2019, and this is a figure that was hard for any of us even then to get our brains around. We were 18.15, 18.1, just leave it there. Uh, yep. or round up to 18.2 trillion in national debt. And that was terrible. I mean, nobody that I know of can really uh, even fathom or comprehend a trillion dollars, much less 18.2. Now, in three years, uh, and again, thanks to some of the policies, these amazing amount of, uh, of just terribly expensive programs that's been put into place, then in my mind, like one of them was the, what, the Reduction Act, Inflation yeah. Reduction Act. Yeah. And, and yeah. all that did was it didn't reduce anything. It increased everything. Uh, we're up to over $31 trillion in national debt in three years, not far from doubling where we were in 2019. And that's going to just continue to exponentially rise. And
0: Mike, what you just pointed out to everyone, is why this is unsustainable, why we have the high prices, why there's supply chain problems in filling the the stores and finding parts for cars and computers? Uh, all these are are related to the fact that it's been irresponsible spending on the part of Congress. Uh, and, and, and you know we look, I call it irresponsible. The people who pass the legislation look at it as this is our way of turning America more socialist. Mm-hmm. This is the way of creating a more equitable society. This is the way to solving problems, not through the uh, uh, the uh, you know free market, but through the power of the government, through the coercion of the government, the force things. And so we we we're in a situation where, what you pointed out with this uh, trillions of dollars, we uh, what we're paying on our uh, on our budget every year. This year, what we're paying is so much of uh, billions and of dollars that go towards paying interest on that debt.
3: Yeah, right.
0: And 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 then uh, uh, part of this debt is financed by the Federal Reserve that pumps money it's like a printing press pumps money into the economy because of the of the debt that you described and so we have the federal reserve out of control they're trying to rein it in they're cutting back on the money supply they're raising interest rates they're creating havoc on the economy
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's because of the overspending and it is it is it's something that we cannot continue on with that that's why there has to be a change in the next two years there's got to be a change
3: we've got to see it because if not we're heading back to those carter years with interest rates you know topping 20 uh, yes. percent unbelievable and uh, young people today can't even get their brains around that that they it's really hard to even imagine that that happened back then but you know what craig it did and people were just stymied entire cities were shut down from growth uh, a whole bunch of uh, the area that I grew up in uh, just up and quit their businesses and moved to Houston, Texas, because that's where construction was going on back in the uh, late 70s that's about the only place around craig huey is my guest we'll be back with craig in a moment talking about our economy talking about uh, the next two years and we'll be talking about speaker of the house coming up in just a moment don't go away this is afternoons with mike ec waters air conditioning and heat serves all your comfort needs with over 40 years experience ec waters is a top trained comfort specialist earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll
0: or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, Yes, and yes. Visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095.
3: Back on the line with me right now for another segment is Craig Huey, an author. He is a political analyst. And, you know, a guy like you, this is probably one of those times it's difficult to get a good night's rest. It's hard to shut the eyes in the <laughs> night, man. I tell you what, if I didn't know God, if I didn't have peace in my heart that he's in control, there would be very little sleep for me, man. These are, again, concerning times.
0: They are. And, you know, uh, uh, you know, prayer is essential. To turning this around, oh my as well as a vote in the upcoming 2024 election, and making sure we have the right people in place to turn this around. the 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 uh, The fact is, right now, what we're finding is that the direction that we're taking, um, you know, uh, we, we've got to find people who are of faith willing to cry out to God for, for asking forgiveness, for the direction of our nation and forgiveness for uh, for their own sins. Uh, Mike, one of the things I think uh, uh, about looking at the inflation is what I call this the most immoral tax of all, because it robs people daily. It, it's a shrinking of the value of the dollar. Every time you buy something, it's worth less. That's not right. So much of this is based upon a moral reality that uh, uh, what is happening out of Washington D.C. Mm-hmm.
3: is just wrong. Yeah, and for all that we've talked about, Craig, uh, the impact on our our economy—just to leave it simply at that—I mean, it's it's my personal economy, as we talked about, my personal budget, yours. Everyone in America feels that. But then you add to this this incredible, insane stuff going on at the borders. Uh, mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. it's unthinkable what's happening, and there's not a single person, I bet you would agree with this, not a single person in the entire country that can accurately depict what kind of impact all of this is going to have in the next five years on this country.
0: Mike, so everyone listening should be concerned about all what they call the getaways, the ones who are not uh, taken into custody as to whether or not they're part of cartels, right, terrorist groups, criminal elements. If I were uh, someone uh, who was a terrorist, I would want to sneak across this open border and be undetected. For the first time in history, I could do that in getting into America with the greatest of ease. So we don't know how many of these thousands of people have snuck across nobody knows about are or, or dangerous and what the crime is. And violence and potential death could be, it's a great unknown. Mm-hmm. For the economy, whether it's the local, state, or federal government, the, the cost uh, uh, on all the uh, free phones, all the free food, all the free housing, all the free medical care, uh, schooling, all the things that are going to go on, uh, every taxpayer. Is going to have to shoulder that, yeah. and and uh, and so it's uh, not controlled. It's a mess, and it's just one of those things among many that would keep somebody up at night or make somebody angry uh, if you didn't have hope that it could change. But Mike, mm-hmm. I have hope that we can turn it around. I have hope that we can um, make some changes. I, I'm um, I'm meeting. Uh, in Washington, d c next week, with probably about forty or fifty Hispanic pastors who uh, they give their their uh, service in in Spanish. They've come uh, from across the border. they're they're they don't like what's going on. They're sick and tired of what's going on. Half their uh, their their churches are usually people who have are not legal, but they don't like the, what's going on with this open border. They want to be able to see a change, and uh, they are among the, the, the those who are creating a voter block of Hispanics mm-hmm. saying, let's got to stop this madness.
3: Well, I pray that it does stop, and God have mercy that something could happen in this uh, next two years that could at least curb or stop. We can't stop what's already been done, that spilled milk that we're just going to be sorting out for the next two years and beyond, without a doubt, beyond, because it's a whole lot easier uh, to stop someone at the border than it is once they're in, once they're ensconced, once they're kind of uh, hidden into the fabric of society to remove them. And that, that is the in, incredible thing. When we stop and realize that this has happened, it's got to be this way, Craig. And I'd love to know if you agree with this. This is not catching the Biden administration by surprise. I believe this is what the, the design was.
0: It is part of the design. Some people don't quite understand that design. And uh, you, you can theorize a variety of reasons. Why would you do this on purpose? Why would you open the borders? given uh, all the incentive for people to sneak across and not put up the ability to stop them from coming across. Why would you do that? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Well, I I would suggest uh, that one of the major reasons why it's in the self-interest of the Biden administration to do this is because they were making an assumption that I don't think is fully correct, but they're making an assumption that these People coming in are going to be loyal and mm-hmm. dedicated to the Democratic Party, and that's their way of being able to make a major election victory by being able to, um, number one, and, and uh, try to make uh, those who have come across legal citizens so they can vote legally, and also understanding – that there's people who are not legally able to vote because they're not citizens who can find ways in certain states to be able to vote. And they're anticipating 80 to 90 percent of them voting for the Democratic Party. And so if they can get in millions and millions of new voters, that's the easiest voter registration drive in the history of mankind.
3: Right. Right. That's right. And that is self-perpetrating for sure. And it's uh, hopeful that what you said, that little bit of hesitation saying that I'm, I'm not sure it's going to work out like that. I pray it doesn't. You know, Craig, uh, an old saying that I used to hear from Peter Lord is, um, is on my mind right now. He used to say he's a pastor that was over in Titusville for a long time, and he would say this regularly. he say, if you keep on doing what you've been doing, you're going to have a whole lot more of what you've already got. And that's I think sure. <laughs> that's a great statement. If you keep yeah. on doing what you've already been doing, you're going to have a whole lot more of what you already have. And that is exactly the truth. If we keep doing this, it's not going to diminish. It's not going to like one day we wake up and everything's going to go down in prices and gas is going to be two bucks again, a gallon, and that's just not going to happen. It's going to be the opposite. So God have mercy on us. Now, we didn't get exactly what I would have thought was a good start and with the new Congress coming in. I mean, that first week was rather chaotic, wasn't it?
0: Well, it was chaotic, and you know I think most people kind of ignored what happened. But the, the the fact is, some very very good people stood their ground to make sure that the Republican direction is going to be in the right right mm-hmm. direction. And it's still kind of chaotic because yeah, you you've got uh, Republicans of different uh, beliefs and different interests. Uh, you know, uh just filing all kinds of um, legislation. Much of it, absolutely wonderful. There, there's there's uh, some incredibly great pro-life legislation protecting. They 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 put up the vote protecting the babies who survive an abortion. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's awesome. And went to the house, and you know what happened? My, my what what happened was. All the Republicans said yes. So, the baby is born alive in a botched abortion. They should do everything they can to save that baby and nurture that baby and 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 not kill it, not 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 put it in a corner to die, which is infanticide. They the, the Republicans voted 100% yes on that bill. The Democrats, except for one Democrat, one Democrat voted. Yes, all the rest voted for infanticide
2: mm, mm.
0: so the, that bill passed, but it's... it's going to be killed in the Senate. yeah, and if a miracle happened and passed in the Senate, then Biden will veto it, and it won't become law mm-hmm. and 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 so they're the Republicans are passing all these different things. They're educating people. They're putting legislation in place that in two thousand and twenty four If if there's a change in the White House and the Senate, things could pass, again, very quickly to turn America around. But uh, this type of legislation, uh, uh, multiple legislation, uh, of getting rid of the 85,000 new IRS agents, of of being able to um, uh, condemn the the burning of pro-life centers and churches, uh, you know, 300 churches
2: were based yeah,
0: right. attacked uh, because of uh, the, uh, these these radical groups. Just this year, since the since the Roe versus Wade decision, uh, they passed the you know a bill condemning it. Well, you know, you know, a lot of most Democrats, uh, three three Democrats uh, condemned it. The rest of them ignored it. All the Republicans agreed to it. It's not going to affect something, and that, that that's the problem. So we're seeing a lot of good stuff. we got a lot of good investigations going on. We're going to get to the truth of the, how we were lied to, misled, and deceived about Trump and Russia and this Russia. Case. Yeah, right. It, 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 all, the truth is it just unraveled dramatically. We're going to get to the truth about how... The ideological bureaucracy, the, 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 the bureaucrats in the federal government and the FBI and the CIA and Homeland Security, all were telling Twitter and Facebook and Google and other different platforms what to censor. And we're going to get to the truth of this, and we're going to be able to uh, get exposure of what's happening.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So these are all good things. Uh, and I'm excited about what we're going to see, but I'm realistic. There's only a certain amount of what can be done. And, uh, and uh, it, you know, uh, all, all the good bills could sit there, pass. And nothing ever happened.
3: Now, here's something in the uh, balance of our time I'd love to um, get your thoughts on. This whole classified document mess that's going on right yeah. now, and there are many who believe, and I've heard this from a couple of different sources, that would believe that a lot of this is being purposefully done by Biden's own party, as if there's a there's been a decision made that it's time to kind of move on, and they're just exposing him and putting this out there, what do you make of all of the stuff that's come out about these classified documents?
0: Well, if I I, I have two hats. One is being able to understand the bureaucracy I mean, that's in Washington, D.C. I've written books on it. And number two, I've been a political consultant for many years. Mm-hmm. And when I combine these two, I got to tell you, this is not coincidental. Whoever leaked that Biden had these confidential uh, documents to CBS, that's somebody that's in government or somebody in the Biden administration.
3: Could be somebody from the White House, huh?
0: Oh, it it could very well be. Because uh, really, when you're talking about somebody being 82 and running for president with uh with uh, uh his limitations that he has now um i i cannot believe that the remember one of the things that when biden came into place what he did that has been historic is he took all the uh, o- uh obama uh top uh, uh bureaucrats In political organizers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and put them into his bureaucracy right away. These are people who were with Obama for his eight years, and and they were running the show. Now these people are not loyal to Biden; they're loyal to Obama,
2: Mm. and
0: they're loyal to an ideology that says we've got to win this election because, you know, the government is our god, and and politics is our religion. And it doesn't matter if you tell truth, tell lies, you've got to win. And the, their whole way of looking at life is to be able to win the White House in 2024, stop the Republicans, carry on uh, the agenda that they have. And in order to do that, there's got to be somebody else to run for president. And we don't know who that is. You know, some have speculated. It might be Michelle Obama. Some speculate maybe they're going to get behind Gavin Newsom. Uh, but they uh, the, there's a significant number of people in the Democratic Party who will one side say, hey, we, I support uh, President Biden. But on the other hand, when they talk, when in conversation, I want somebody younger, more energetic, somebody fresh and new and representing us. And our agenda in an articulate way.
3: Hmm. We got a minute left. Here's a question for you Do you think you could ever be Kamala Harris?
0: I think that uh, the people we're talking about in the deep state, the people we're talking about in the Biden administration, are afraid of Harris becoming president. And yet, politically, it's traditional that the vice mm-hmm. president right. will sure. get the nomination of their party.
3: Wow. Well, it, uh, it's going to be an interesting two years, Rocky. It will be at the best as what I would think, but, uh, very, uh, you know, it's, it's really great to have hope and to again, see some signs and you've pointed out a lot of them signs that are really good things that, that not only could happen and must happen. Some things have already happened, that's uh, yep. that's been a positive, right?
0: Absolutely. I, I'm I, among all the chaos and distress. I'm optimistic for the future. I trust in God. I believe that His people are going to be on their knees praying, and I believe that we're going to see a, a real turnaround among voters in this upcoming election.
3: Oh, I pray all of that is right. Craig, Huey, thank you. Can't wait to have you back on my program again in uh, several weeks down the line, my friend. Until then, we'll uh, we'll just continue to pray that prayer. That's a good prayer to have. God, thank you that we have hope that you're in control and uh, we can have faith and trust in that alone. And that's wonderful. Craig, Huey, thank you, my friend. Great, Mike. Thanks. All right, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. Afternoons with Mike right here on The Shepherd. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando, offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses were offered at our beautiful campus on Millenia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back again in the studio now with me, I have a guest named Andre Klass. Andre leads Christian Tech Center. And uh, really great to meet him. First time I've got to meet him today. I know you have had a relationship
1: with our good friend Mark Goldstein for some time. Yes, indeed, Mike. And I'm very glad to be on the program and thank you for the opportunity. Indeed, uh, I've met a lot of great folks over the past several years as the Lord put this mission on my heart to be able to use my talents and technology to make impacts in the community for both people in need as well as for the gospel. And um, Mark was one of many that had given me advice and wisdom staying back to when this was just a concept on a piece of paper that the Lord had put on my heart. Mm-hmm. And now since we've uh, opened the doors, we've already been making some huge impacts with some large community projects and helping a lot of local families. Now, when you say you are uh, a
3: friend of Mark that, and I, knowing this from our talk before we began this uh, program today, you were raised Jewish as was Mark. Yes. So you had that in common.
1: I don't know if you'd talked that over with him or not. Uh, yes, indeed. And uh, so I was raised in a Jewish home by a single mom. I grew up on the autism spectrum with Asperger's syndrome. So I had a lot of challenges growing up and I go to the Jewish community center summer camp and their after-school daycare. And even though I would often go to synagogue and go for the different services, it felt really procedural and didn't really feel relational. So I never really felt that proper relationship with God that uh, many people have, uh, been able to experience. But, uh, for me, I was really surprised how it would end up coming about that, uh, after a long career in the tech industry, I was running for a political office in Seminole County. And that very first day I was at Seminole state trying to get qualifying signatures that I need to be able to get on the ballot because you have to have 3000 signatures. You have to have a bunch of them, don't you? Yes. And so, uh, there was a table for ENC, which is their campus night, and uh, the fucking folks over there were like, "Hey, come on, visit our church. We'll help you get signatures. You'll we'll make a lot of friends." I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> had no clue what to expect. Uh, but uh, that night, uh, the pastor preaching was uh, the uh, campus pastor, Tom Breckwalt, and he me- preached a message that really resonated with me deeply. And I kept feeling this urging, this calling to come back. And the more I would return to Lake Mary Church as he continued to preach various messages over the next several months the more I came to really understand the true character of God and what it means to be able to have a relationship with him mm-hmm. and who Jesus really is. And it was February of 2019 that I gave my life to Jesus. So I've been saved now nearly four years. Oh, that's wonderful, and, man. Uh, thank you. And as I continued my path down the road of politics, I continued to also establish biblical foundations in my life, being discipled, Uh, by friends, uh, by Pastor Shaddy, and going through Foundations, Equip, Empower, the Four E's of Discipleship. And even though I wasn't meant to win the election, uh, quite a few different things happened. One, of course, finding that victory in Christ. And two, coming to experience the freedom from bondages, chains that have been broken, that have really weighed me down in my life. And uh, in fact, I came to realize when I ran for office, I was trying to make an impact on the community. But from that was the outward perspective. I came to realize from our breakthrough conference on the inside that I was trying to seek out admiration, acceptance from the things of this world, trying to fill a void because I never knew my dad. Mm-hmm. And in truth, I came to realize that that void that I experienced in my life could only come from that filling could only come from Jesus. God-shaped hole. That's right. Yeah. Somebody,
3: uh, years ago came up with that understanding. Uh, and it is true.
1: There's that kind of a void in us all. Absolutely. And regardless
3: now, of their background.
1: Yes. And now that's what drives my purpose and my being today is being able to be the Lord's vessel, not only to have a strong relationship with him, but also as a means to be a light in the darkness for a community to be able to help people experience that freedom and that joy that only Jesus can bring. Mm-hmm. And now being safe for nearly four years, uh, it's been one, such a wonderful experience, not only being able to actively serve in my church and evangelize in the community, but uh, after I lost the election, the Lord put this ministry on my heart, Christian Tech Center, and uh, as you know, it started... When I was in high school, when I got my A-plus certification work on computers, and that was 15 years ago. I was 16 at the time, and I got my first job when I was 17. I worked at Elite Simulations and Refresh Computers, and uh, the Lord put in my heart to use my giftings and talents to be able to honor him and grow the kingdom, which also originates from 1 Peter 4.10. And so throughout that time period after where I was trying to figure out what's my new purpose in life. I wasn't, obviously wasn't meant to win the election, and politics are just a really toxic, terrible place to be in these days. <laughs> um, so um, over the course of 2020, 2021, I continue to meet with uh, friends that I've made, uh, political uh, figures, uh, local chamber leaders, nonprofit heads, and just trying to figure out how does the lord want me to be able to put this vision together because in the end i know this was this is god's project it's not my project and things can only come together in his provision and his timing and uh, i've been blessed that from the experience in politics that helped me with being in a position where i've been able to build that trust that rapport build those bonds with our local civic leadership and uh, when god opened the door it literally happened that uh, it was right after my thirtieth birthday. There was a particular property that we were looking at because, unfortunately, most commercial developers don't want nonprofits in their plazas. I would come to find out. Mm-hmm. It was a bit of a winding road trying to figure out where are we even going to start this thing. And uh, as it turned out, uh, my life group from church, uh, led by my good friend Sean Beecher, we all came out to pray in front of this property. And then my birthday, I was just sitting down in front of this commercial retail suite in Longwood, just praying, asking the Lord to show me a sign or if it's not where it's meant to be, let his provision abide. And so after praying out there for an hour on my 30th birthday, I got up and my legs just locked up. Like I lost all feeling in the knees down. I could not go anywhere. Of course, later on, they told me that there was a lease on it. But then it fell through, and then they got another lease on it. But then the end of February, I come back to the suite. The four lease sign is still there. I go to walk around, start looking around, like thinking of how we could potentially lay this out as a fully functioning workshop. And sure enough, here comes the landlord, and he's giving me the opportunity. He's letting me get in this space where he's going to fix it up. And then over the next two months, uh, we made it into a fully operational workshop. I put all my savings into the launch. And uh, somehow the Lord provided in many unexpected Mm -hmm. ways just to be able to equip the office. May 10th, 2022, we had our grand opening. We had the whole Longwood City Commission. We had over 100 people out here, which Matt Morgan, our mayor, said was the biggest turnout he's ever seen at a grand opening in his five years in elected office. Isn't
3: that something?
1: Yep. And we just got right to work. Wow. That's pretty great. The Christian Tech Center, where is it located? Uh, So Christian Tech Center Ministries is located at 1006 West State Road 434 in Longwood. It's a public facing facility that invites any and all. So we serve anybody in need with free computer repairs. So if you have a computer, you can't afford to have it fixed, uh, then we're able to facilitate uh, with like a virus cleanup or general tune up or uh, doing my best to help get it running nice and smoothly again. Uh, we also offer our services to the public on a donation-supported basis as well to supplement our operational needs. Uh, we also have a free computer class that uh, we've started doing on a monthly basis. Our next one will be on February 22nd at uh, Colocomotion in Altamont. I have the details on our website. And uh, so we do one on one guidance for people that come into the office and then we're working with our various nonprofit partners and local businesses to be able to have these free classes to help provide that essential utility knowledge. And our crown jewel of the program is our community redeployment program where individuals, businesses and organizations give us their surplus computer equipment. Then we securely wipe it test it, bring it up to modern operating standards, and then we give them away. We do not sell a single piece of computer equipment. It's all given away to local families in need and also to help support other local nonprofits, such as the Dr. Velma Williams Community Resource Center in Historic Goldsboro, the Frederick Douglass Center in Pine Hills, the Wix Health Foundation in Altamont, and we've done a lot of of, uh, computer projects in the community. Um, This past year in 2022, we've given away nearly 200 free computers, Wow! and uh, we're hoping to get on track to at least double that or triple that over the course of this year. So now what kind of sponsorship do you have to have to be able to do that when there's no income? Well, we've been blessed, thankfully, to be able to have support from various members of my church, as well as some local businesses. And really, we don't really ever know where our provisions going to come from, except that we know it's all the Lord that somehow we've been able to keep our bills paid month after month. Uh, we've been blessed to have gotten some smaller grants uh, over the course of the year from organizations such as Walmart, uh, Focused Mission, and uh, even Gatorland is joined on as a sponsor for us this year. And uh, so, of course, we're always actively looking for more businesses, organizations, and individuals to help support us as a 501c3. We rely entirely on community support, wherever that the Lord brings that from. Mm-hmm.
3: So, so your business model is not a business uh, per se. It is a nonprofit. That's and right. in being a, a 501c3, obviously, there's no profit to be received. But you're doing this in the name of ministry. And so it's really interesting. Now, how many people are involved with you?
1: Well, even though I run the operation primarily, I am blessed to have several volunteers and I have a full board of directors. Uh, of course, uh, one of our board members, uh, as one of our city commissioners, uh, Tony Boney, he's a very great guy, over, over 30 years of experience in the technology sector working for Xerox prior to starting his own business, Trade Bank of Orlando. Um, Another board member, Stephen Billings, is a retired U.S. Army veteran who was in the service for six years prior to starting his organization dedicated to helping local nonprofits. And Antonio Reyes, who is the lead IT facilitator at Encounter Church uh, in Orlando, Uh, he's been with Blake Lorenz Evangelical Ministries for (sighs) over 20 years working as their main IT person there. So we have a wide diversity of talent and knowledge I'll bring to the table for mm-hmm. a common mission. And of course, the biggest profits, it's not about what I get in this world. I've lived trying to chase money before, and there's no joy in that at all. I'm happy to be able to live a minimalist lifestyle and focus everything I have on the first fruits of the Lord, because every computer that we give away or every service we perform is a light in the darkness for Jesus. And by being able to use my talents to glorify his name, that is where my joy comes from, Jesus over everything.
3: Now, you mentioned that you had a growing up period where it would have been under the umbrella of this thing called the autism spectrum. I think there's a, most of us are familiar with that. For those that might not be, autism is something that is much more commonplace in today's world than it ever has been before. There are a lot of reasons, a lot of people think they know why that's the case but uh, the spectrum T- tell us about the what that meant to you
1: well i i experienced a lot of difficulty growing up with social interaction understanding cues and constructs of the things around me uh, i was had i lived a very concrete like things have to be a certain way things have to be precise things have to be perfect people that uh think differently or react a, a certain way it's like I had a lot of trouble with, uh, social communications, mm-hmm. building friendships. I had to go to speech therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy. And in fact, at one point when I was a young boy, I, my mother had told me, had later told me that doctors had said that I'd never be able to talk. I mean, there are people on the spectrum that are nonverbal, for example. Right. And, uh, so many people on the spectrum sometimes take medication, sometimes They have difficulty for me. I was blessed that in the professional environment, I was able to continue to grow myself socially, professionally, whereas I had a lot of trouble. I was bullied a lot. I was beaten up a lot. It was a struggle in the public schooling environment. I'm blessed for the great teachers that I had, and I'm blessed for the knowledge I was able to take, which allowed me to grow in my field, and from that, uh, I got my first job right after my 17th birthday. And uh, so now my career in technology has spanned, uh, like I said, going on 15 years. And uh, now I'm in a position where I'm able to use my experience to, to be observant to the needs of the community, to understand the importance of technology for modern society and be able to empathize with the struggles that many others are going through on a day-to-day basis. And Mm -hmm. if I'm able to make an impact for an individual or a family by providing a a piece of computer equipment for their home, then of course, that's what gives me my joy now is that knowing that somebody else's struggles are going to be a lot greatly improved over the course of the services that uh, we've been able to bless them with.
3: Andre Klaas from the Christian Tech Center, so glad that he's been able to be here with us. And friends, that's all of our time for today. Thank you for joining us as well. We'll see you next time on Afternoons with Mike.